He said, but I'm not worried about that now. He said, all I want to do is God's will. And God has allowed me to go to the mountaintop. And I looked over and he said, and I've seen the promised land. And he said, and I might not get there with you, but I want you to know that we as a people will get to the promised land. So he said, I, I, I know, he said, I'm not worried about death. He said, I'm not fearing any man. He said, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together and give God praise. And so we, we celebrate our pioneers. We celebrate those who were in the struggle. We celebrate those who helped us to get to where we are now because we have to understand we didn't get here by ourselves. We didn't get here by ourselves. We, we didn't get here by ourselves. We're standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. So I want you to remember that when it's time to vote. I want you to remember that not just the presidential elections, when they're electing your city council, when they're electing your city representatives and your county commissioners, when they're representing people on the school board, I want you to remember that we're standing not only on the shoulders, but we're standing on the backs of those who suffered to get us to where we are right now. So I want you to remember that. I want you to consider that. And man, one of the things that I, I, when people ask me what they want me to call, they want to call me, should they call me black? Should they call me African-American? I tell them, call me Larry. Because first of all, I'm a human being. I'm a child of God. But I want to let you know, I'm not ashamed of being black. I'm not ashamed of my heritage. I'm not ashamed of where I came from because God has blessed us. God has looked on us and God has blessed us. And just like he looked on his people, Israel, who were in, in captivity for 400 years, he also looked on our people and he has blessed us. So I'm proud to be black, African-American, whatever you want to call me. But at the end of the day, I'm a child of the king. Hallelujah. I'm a child of the king. Amen. This world is not my home. Amen. But I am a child of the king. Point at somebody and say, I'm a child of the king. Amen. So we're thankful. Amen. And grateful for where we are, for where God has brought us. And sometimes, like the songwriter said, sometimes we need to stop and look where he brought us from. Look, reflect, look back and think of where he brought us from. And that's why the other songwriter said, when I look where he brought us from, he said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, that he's done for us, that praise emanates from me remembering what God has brought us from. Come on, put those hands together again for the praise team. We praise God for them on this morning. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord, and I'm going to be looking at several scriptures. Most are familiar to you. We'll be looking at John 3, 16 and 17. We'll be looking at Romans 5 and 8. And we'll be also looking at my favorite chapter, Romans chapter 8, and we'll be looking at verses 38 and 39. Again, that is John 3, 16 and 17. We'll be looking at Romans 5 and 8. And we'll also be skipping over and looking at Romans 8, 38 and 39. And today I'm going to read it like I learned it. Excuse me for using the King James Version, but this is just how I learned it. All right? John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. But God, 16 and 17, it says, but God sent not his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now skip over with me to Romans 5 and 8. Romans 5 and 8 reads like this. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. And that's my emphasis this morning. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And again, let's go to my favorite chapter in the book, Romans chapter 8. And we'll be looking at verses 38 and 39. And it says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, on this day, Lord, touch us from where we are, Lord, strengthen our minds and our hearts to be receptive to what you have to say to us in these few fleeting moments. Lord, most of all, allow our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be open and receptive and malleable enough that your word can shape us, that your word can form us, that your word can push us toward your promises. And Lord, don't allow us to leave this destiny moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Our thought for this morning is love waits. Why don't you say that with me? Say love waits. When I began to think of love, I could not conclude our series in talking about love without talking about the greatest love that has been commended in our direction. And that is John 3.16, for God so loved the world. I like John 3.16 because it's so inclusive. In a world that is so exclusive, God's love is inclusive. Man tries to shut you out, but God loves us all. I know even in our recent political climate, it seems like they love us in certain phases. They love us in certain stages. So recently, I, I think a lot of people have fallen in love with the fetus. And now we love the fetus, and I love the fetus too, and I love the baby. But you have to love the baby when it grows up. You have to love the baby when it becomes a man. You have to love the baby when it gets pulled over for a traffic violation. Come on, you got to love the, love the baby when it's trying, when it comes out of prison and it's trying to get a job. You, you, you got to love it at every single stage. You can't choose when you are going to love. And I'm just talking about that's how God commends his love towards us. He loves us before we were born. He loves us during our lives. And he loves us in perpetuity going forward. And that's really how we're going to break up our message on this morning and talk about how love waits. First of all, in John 3.16, God so loved the world. Everybody, everybody is included. Point at somebody and say, that means you. Everybody's included. God so loved the world. And he doesn't delineate how he loves. He didn't say God so loves the Israelite. God so loves the Jew. God so loves the Christian. He said God so loves the world. It didn't even say God loves those who love him back. 
God loves those who go to church. God loves those who have the Holy Spirit. God loves those who tithe. God loves those who are faithful. No. It says God so loved the world. And, and, and I begin to question, why did they use the modifier to say God so loved? And when I thought about it, it's not for God's purpose, but it's for our purpose. What the writer is trying to do is give us a concept of how much God loved us. And he gave us so, it, 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 it was infinite. It was not defined. It was not confined by time or space. It was not confined by a certain type of person. It was not confined by how we behave. Oh, let me give you that. It, it, it's not confined by how we behave. God, God, God loves us no matter what we do. God loves us. God, God loves the person who does not regard him. God loves the, the agnostic. God, God loves the atheist who does not believe in him. God every type of sinner that's practicing whatever type of sin despite God's love, he still loves them. He loves them. He, 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 he loves them. He loved us before we were born, before we were thought of, before we were conceived. When I, but he tells the prophet, before you were formed in the belly, I knew that I already had sent my love in your direction. Even before you were born, before you were conceived, before you were thought of, I already loved you. Already loved you. So, so it, 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 it's a mystery to me. To, to, for someone to say that they are not loved. You should never say, no one loves me. Because the person that loves you best is God, and he loved you before you were. He loved you before you were conceived. He loved you before you were born. God, I came into the world, and God already loved me. While I was in the belly, God already loved me. And the thing about God is God is immutable. He doesn't change, we do. So as much as he loved me then, he loves me just the same right now. And see, I've lived long enough to mess up now. I've lived long enough to sin. I've lived long enough to, to go my own way. I've lived long enough to defy the rules of God. I've lived long enough to step outside his will. And despite all of that, God still loves me because yeah that's, that's that's beautiful to can see beautiful to know that that when i feel like i'm by myself nobody will take my phone calls or my texts nobody's there when i really need some, a shoulder to cry on uh, nobody's there to comfort me and give me words that i need in that moment i need you to understand that in that moment yes you have somebody god is with you and god loves you in a way that nobody else can love you god's capacity to love is infinite because god is love to say god is love is to say god is god <laughs> Because that's elemental to who he is. He is love. He embodies love. He doesn't show love. He is love. And the problem many of us have is because we haven't grabbed hold to the infinite love of God, we're waiting on someone else to fill a void that they cannot fill. They cannot fill. They cannot feel that void. They, the, the, the love of God is so infinite and so powerful. 
You, you have to attach yourself and, 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 and embody that love. You have to live inside the love of God because if you don't, you'll ask somebody else, a human being, to love you like God loves you. And the simple matter is they can't. They can't love you like God loves you. They don't have the capacity because the difference between God and us is we're learning how to love, but God is love. We're, 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 trying to, 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 we're trying to figure out how we need to behave in love, but God is love. We do not have that capacity. And I'm telling you right now, there are some relationships that have ended. There are some relationships that are in jeopardy right now, simply because that person is trying to get them to love beyond their capacity. I want you to get you. That's going to bless you if you get it. You're trying, to get their, you're trying to get them to love you beyond their capacity. They can't love you like God loves you. They can't do it. It's not possible because it's simply not in them. They don't have it. They cannot give you what they do not have. It's beyond their capacity. It's like you sitting under an apple tree and waiting for it to grow an orange. It, it, it can't do it. It's doing the very best it can to produce apples. But no matter how it tries, no matter how much you pray, you can fast and rub it down with oil. You can not eat for 30 days. But when you get through, it's still going to produce apples because it's coming forth out of its capacity. It's producing the best that it can. Remember when Jesus went by and he cursed the fig tree, he didn't curse it for not producing apples. He cursed it because it wasn't producing figs. He only expected and anticipated that it would bring forth that which was already in it. And I came to tell somebody right now, your relationship might be in trouble because you're expecting somebody to love beyond their capacity. I want to also give you this while a corollary of that. It, it, you can't expect somebody to love you for people in your past who didn't show you love either. Don't expect that woman to come along and love you and replace the love of your mama that you didn't feel like you got. It's not in their capacity. Come on, help me now. Because this is why I say, we don't, no, don't, don't go with this, you complete me mess, and it takes me, you, you're the other, I'm one half, and you're the other half. No, we need two complete people in a relationship. I can't love you for all the love you lost with your mom or your dad or your parents or somebody threw you away or you were adopted. That's something that God has to heal, baby. If you don't allow God to heal that, you're going to ask something from me that I simply do not have. I can't love you like God loves you. I can't heal you like God heals you. Oh, come on in here now. I, I, I can't forget. I, I, I can't heal the brokenness, and I cannot break down the walls that you've established because of what has happened in your past, and I'm trying to open somebody up right now because you're stuck in a relationship rut, and the same thing keeps happening, and I came to tell you it's not them, baby. It's you. It's you. Let me talk to you this, this morning. See, some of us, we've had broken relationships in our past and things that have caused us to have a, 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 a caused us to not have the love that we thought we should have had. But you know what we've done? We start creating walls. 
And we build up these walls and these barriers. And you know why we build up walls and barriers? Because we got hurt and we decided, I'm not going to be hurt anymore. All All those people out there that are so tough that they can't be hurt. But the same wall that prevents you from being hurt is the same wall that prevents you from being healed. Because not only are you locking out, not locking out hurt, you're also locking out healing. Uh, And you can't get better because you're expecting somebody to climb over that wall and love you enough just like God can. Now, hold on. I tell you, baby, God's love can come over the wall, but I can't. I can't climb the wall that you've established. That that wall that, that has prevented you from being hurt is also the wall that's keeping you from being healed. Oh, and you know some people like this. We call that they're hard and they're tough and they have a rough exterior and they have established a wall and they talk about all they're so proud of the wall that they don't realize that they can't get healed and they're still broken. And I came to tell somebody, baby, yeah, you built the wall, but you're still broken behind the wall. And all the wall is doing is preventing healing and hiding your brokenness. So people can't see that you're broken. They just see the wall. People can't help you or can't hurt you because you have a wall, but also you can't be helped because you're broken and you're living behind a wall. But I came to tell that person, love's waiting on you too. Love's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. But I want you to understand that while the wall yet exists, don't expect somebody else to break down that wall. And see, some of us, we expect there to be heroes in our lives. And and we're like, you didn't love me enough. Baby, how did you participate in that? Maybe their love was blocked by the wall. Maybe their attempts to reach you were blocked by your wall. It has to be an exchange. And in this exchange, to truly experience love, you're going to get hurt a little bit. Because you're going to be vulnerable. Love, if you you hadn't really been in love to give experience hurt. Oh, let me say that again. You haven't really been in love till you have experienced hurt because love is like a two-edged sword, especially when you're dealing with people. Yes, it's going to cause you to have euphoric highs, but baby, you're going to have some low days too. It's going to cause you to cry a little bit at night. Oh, let me talk to some mothers who know what I'm talking about. That, 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 that baby that, 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 you, that you prayed for, praying that you conceived that baby. The baby finally comes, and, and, and you, you treat that baby. You love that baby. You nurture that baby. You attend to that baby. You, you sacrifice for that baby because as physiologically, women, mothers are born to feed their children even if they can't feed themselves. You're attending to that baby. You're, you're nurturing that baby. You're doing everything that baby needs. You're, you're sending that baby to school. You're buying things for the baby. You're, 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 your, your whole life is wrapped up in that baby, but then the baby grows up, and sometimes that baby that bo- was born crying, it starts making you cry. Uh, they don't, 
coming home at night like they should. They, they don't listen like they should. They, they, they're a little hard-headed. They do some things that cause you to stay up at night and worry and, and, and cry. And sometimes the, that baby that, that you nurture starts growing up and starts talking back to you. And, and that, that baby is starting to cause you pain. And then sometimes that baby will have the nerve to even rise up against you because you, you, you've nurtured that baby and you've given the baby all it needs. But then at some point, that baby begins to hurt your heart. And if you're a mother, if you're a father, you realize you're vulnerable because of your children. You can't build a wall that protects your heart from your children. Can't build a wall high enough to protect your heart from your children. But what you've learned is that in loving, I have to expose myself to hurt. In loving, I have to tear down all my walls. I have to make myself vulnerable. I'm sticking my chest out. I'm in a vulnerable position because I love them so much. But because I love them so much, that means the person who can hurt me the greatest is the one that I love the most. The person I love the most is the one in the greatest position to harm me, to hurt me, to make me cry, to make me stay up at night. Because I'm exposed to them, because I love them so much. My exposure is setting me up to be hurt. And what I'm saying is you cannot truly love unless you expose yourself to being hurt. Because this, this is something that people say, and it sounds like an indication of strength, but I'm going to tell you it's the opposite. A person that says, I don't trust anybody is a person that's hurt, they're broken, and they're living behind a wall. I don't trust anybody. I don't extend trust to anybody. I have, expo- I have put up a wall so that I cannot be hurt. But the same wall, again, that prevents you from being hurt is also the same wall that prevents you from experiencing the truth and the depths of love. You're behind the wall. You don't trust anybody. But you're hurt and you're broken behind that wall. And until you tear down the wall, somebody say tear down the wall. Until you tear down the wall, you're living broken. And the only thing that is, a, that, that is keeping people away from knowing you're broken is that because of your wall. Your wall is preventing healing from coming in. And your wall is also covering up the fact that behind that wall, you're broken. Behind that gruff exterior, you're broken. Behind all that bravado of how tough you are and don't trust anybody, behind that wall, you're broken. And until you tear down that wall, you cannot experience the truth of love and you cannot experience true love in a relationship. So let me tell somebody this right now. If you're living with the wall and you're not willing to tear it down, don't invite other people into relationships with you. Don't don't invite them because you know what you're going to do. You're going to blame them for your wall. (laughs) I want you to get it. You're going to blame them for your wall. You're going to say, you don't love me like you should. Baby, they're trying to, but they just can't get over your wall. You don't really want me like I need to be wanted and yearned for. They can't get to you because of your wall. You, you, you don't trust them. You, you, you follow them around. You hiding in the bushes. Come on now. 
you're putting trackers on their devices because <laughs> you don't trust anybody. And then if you find a minor violation, you're like, oh, yep, you didn't love me. No, it's not that they didn't love you. It's that they couldn't get over your wall. And until you tear down that wall, you can't invite them to love you because you won't see it. Their love and even the things that they do, sometimes it'll be like this. Let me show you this, and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes other people can see how much that person loves you better than you can. You know why? Because they're also on the same side of that wall. Your sister and your friends and, and your brothers, they're like, oh, they love you. They, they're, they're all for you. They, they, they desire you. They want you. But you can't see it because you're on the wrong side of the wall. And you're still broken. And when you're broken, you think like broken people. You think everybody's out to get you. You think nobody loves you. You think you can't trust anybody because you're behind the wall and you can't get healed. But, so you remain broken. And I came to tell somebody, the person that's hiding behind the wall that doesn't trust. The person that's hiding behind the wall because you were broken by previous relationships. The person who's hiding behind the wall because they had, didn't experience the love that they should have from their parents or their relatives or their loved ones. To the person that's hiding behind the wall and the wall is what is trying to distract others from seeing how broken you are. For those who's hiding behind the wall and you can't truly experience the love and depth of a real relationship, I came to tell you, baby, it's time to tear down the wall. It's time to tear down the wall. Because I came to tell you what, no matter what you may see or what, what you may think, that it's not true that nobody loves you. <laughs> if you believe nobody loves you, that, that means, let me, let, me, let me tell you, you have a partner on the other side of the wall while you're broken. And that's the devil whispering in your ear, telling you, baby, you better not take down that wall. Uh, oh, the devil, he, he, he'll, he'll help you put some bricks in it just to, just to keep it up. He'll, he'll do maintenance on that wall to make sure it stays up. You have a partner on the other side of that wall while you're broken, and it's the devil trying to keep you where you are. Because if nobody can reach you, get this too. If nobody can reach you, then also you can't reach other people. Oh, and I want you to get this because some of the most effective testimonies are those from people who were broken and now they're healed. But as long as you remain broken and you don't experience healing, then you can't speak and testify to somebody else. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. The devil wants to hide you because if you're exposed to healing, you might tell somebody. You might tell somebody, I was broken. <laughs> I wish I had help you. I, I was destroyed. My heart was shattered. My, my soul was broken into pieces, but the Lord came in. Oh, See, God can get over the wall. Human beings can't, but God, he stepped over my wall, and, and he healed me, and he broke down my wall, and, and my heart was put together, but then my wall was broken into pieces, and I came to tell somebody, baby, no matter how long you've been hurt, no matter how long it lasted, no matter how long they tried to hurt you, no matter how long they set you back, no matter how long they didn't love you the way that you needed to be loved, I need you to understand that God loves you. 
I love you. So, so stop hiding behind the toughness of that exterior and, and believing that your toughness is insulating you from problems, but, but not understanding that that same wall that insulates you from trials and problems, it, it also insulates you from healing and, and, and moving forward into your future. I came to tell somebody again, those who are in this house, those who are watching virtually, baby, it's time to tear down the wall. And then also the devil, he wants you to hide the, behind the wall, not to just keep you from exposing yourself to other people who want to love you. But sometimes the devil allows you to build your wall with the bricks of shame. Now, the, the bricks of shame are, are, are trying to insulate you from the world. And you know that I've done this and I've done that. So there is no way that I can have a real relationship. There is no way that I deserve this or the, the blessings of God. There is no way that I should, can have an intimate relationship with God because the bricks of shame of what I've done in my past are insulating me from people knowing and, and, and talking about me. And, and, I, and when I see people whisper, they must be talking about me. And, and if I walk in the church, I, I'm going to be shame because I, I can't do it because everybody is going to know what I've done. Baby, it's time to tear down the wall. Because why? Romans 5 and 8, it says God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, I wasn't trying to come to church. I, I, I wasn't reading scriptures in the morning. I, I didn't have an invocation. I, I didn't have a prayer life. I wasn't tithing. I wasn't coming to church. I wasn't worried about God. I wasn't reading his word. But while I was in the middle of my mess, God, God, God loved me. He, he sent his love in my direction. He made known his love for me. In other words, when it says he commended, he, he reserved a piece of his love just for me. Uh, he, he, he reserved uh, his love just for me. So he's letting me know even though you don't want it right now, we're still waiting. Uh, you, you don't want it right now. You're not coming to church. You don't want to hear a word. You don't, you don't want to listen to any gospel song. You don't want to hear a missionary knocking on your door. But I want you to know that even while you're in the middle of your mess, I have reserved my love just for you. Somebody say just for me. Oh, somebody hashtag that. Put it in the comments. Just for me. God reserved his love just for me. He said, you, you, you can come get it if you want to sneak up late at night and come get it. <laughs> I, I wish you were here with me. If, if you don't want to walk in a crowd at church, baby, it's all right. But it, it's my love. It, 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 it's, it's waiting on you. I have reserved it just for you. And I, I want you to know how much I love you. I did it not while you were in church. I did it while... You were yet in sin. Because I want you to know how much I, I I didn't wait for you to get right. I didn't wait for you to get a long dress and a three-piece suit. I, I didn't wait for you to start speaking in tongues. He said, but while you were in the middle of your mess, I reserved my love just for you. And I'm letting you know, baby, whenever you want it, you can come get it. That's my love. It's, it's waiting. It's, 
it's waiting like, like the prodigal son's father. I, I, it, it's waiting on you. I, I, I didn't remove your seat. I didn't, I didn't take your name off of anything. I, I didn't put anything else in your room. I left your room like it was. I, I left your clothes right where they were. In fact, I told your servant to just keep waiting on you. I designated that servant just for you. In fact, even every night, just in case you came home, I put your plate out on, on the table and I, and, I, and I cooked enough food just in case you came back home because I'm letting you know I'm reserving it just for you. The old saints used to say, there's room at the cross. There's room. There's room. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There is room at the cross for you. Got to get to my final scripture. I'm going to let you go. Romans 8, my favorite chapter. Paul is saying nothing, not height, nor depth, nor principality, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. And I need you to get it because I read it so many times wrong in my mind as I was a young man coming up. That doesn't mean that I can get to God's love. That means God's love is coming after me. I'm not chasing I wish wish you were in here with me I'm not chasing his love his love is running me down it's chasing after me it'll it'll come over the hurdles it'll jump over the wall it'll reach down and the the psalmist just said it reaches to the highest mountain and and it flows to the lowest valley We're talking about God's love because God said my blood is how I show my love. My blood, my blood is how I show my love. If you want physical evidence of how much I love you, baby, I want you to know that I bled for you and my blood is chasing after you. And if it has to go to the highest my blood is coming for you. If it has to fly, to the lowest level. My blood is coming for you because that's how much I love. That's how much I love you. Stand up, I'm finished. That's how much I, that's how much I love you. Stand up, I'm finished. That's how much I love you. But then the old saints got it in their spirit and they said, I, it wasn't me, but they said, I know it was the blood. Or whatever I say. his head for me 
for me he died. And you know what they said? That's love. That's love. That's that is love. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Heavenly Father. Right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, no matter where we are, no matter how far we've gone, no matter what we've done, Lord, your love, it waits on us. It waits on us. Lord, you didn't run from us, but Lord, we ran from you. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for running. We're sorry for being disobedient. We're sorry that it took so long. But Lord, we thank you for loving us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. While I was in my mess, Lord, you loved me. When I acted like I didn't know better, Lord, you loved me. When I was in places that I shouldn't be, Lord, you loved me. When I was in situations that I shouldn't have been in. Oh God, I don't stop. Lord, you love me. And I thank you right now. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord for loving me. I didn't deserve it. And Lord, I cannot earn it. But it's only by grace am I saved through faith. Lord, thank you for loving me. Can you do this with me? I know this is different. But why don't you lift up your hands and let's pray this prayer and let's, let's get this thing right with God right now. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have fallen short. Every glory, and I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me, Lord. I need you to wash my heart, wash my mind, wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, Lord. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hand. And today, and today, I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Come on, make it personal. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. And I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. If you say that prayer by faith, you say it with commitment in your heart, then you are saved. You are saved. You are saved. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you know that the love of God is coming after you. It's time to tear down those walls and let love in because God's love it waits on you. God bless you until I see you again.
I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.